Welcome to Follow Your Process. I'm your host, David Andres. On, on today's episode, we'll talk about some business and life topics. Uh, we'll answer a lot of questions. We'll tell a whole bunch of stories so that all viewers can achieve their desired outcomes. Our entire podcast is sponsored by Benegas Art, as you all know. Uh, David Benegas is a wonderful friend of mine who takes photography and then turns it into Benegas Art. I encourage you to go to www.benegasartmerch.com and uh, check out what's available. There's some, uh, some really nice prints. You can also send your own photography to David. And if you mention uh, follow your process, he'll give you 5% off uh, your first purchase. Um, use the code FYP5OFF and David will be happy to uh, give you a little discount for mentioning the show. Um, I'm really excited today. Uh, today is the very first remote uh, podcast I've done. Uh, I'm not in Houston anymore. I am up in beautiful Washington state. I flew into SeaTac a little bit ago. Um, and yesterday I, I needed a place to go and um, find a place that had uh, internet connection and was quiet. And what could I do? So I Googled um, WeWork spaces in Auburn, Washington. That's what I do. My dear friend, Google. Um, I, I, I play with Google every day and I ran across uh, this thing called the uh, Urban Center for Innovative Partnerships, the incubator in Auburn. And there was, a, there was a phone number. So I called the phone number and this guy answered. I said, is this, is this the incubator? And as it turns out, Doug Lean, and my, my, my guest today, Jan, uh, refers to him as Doug Hummingbird Lean, um, is actually a wonderful, wonderful human being who has given me the use of his conference room um, and as it turns out, if you go to the website of the, of the incubator, Jan from Impact Bioenergy will use the incubator. And uh, Jan and Doug know each other a long time. And, and I just can't thank Doug enough. Um, he is live streaming this on his Facebook page. Um, and uh, so, so is Jan on Impact Bioenergy. Uh, and then Doug and I are going to have a little chat afterwards. And he's going to connect me uh, to some people over in Ireland. Um, and, and this whole place... Um, is part of the Innovation Partnership Zones in, in Washington State. There is seven of them, and it's, it, it's certified under the Department of Commerce. So it's a really, really cool place where small, young businesses um, can come and get counsel and guidance uh, and then be certified uh, under the Department of Commerce in the, in the state of Washington. So, so in, in any case, that's a little bit longer than, uh, than I had imagined doing this little introduction, but I can't thank Doug Lean enough. Um, him and his team. And then uh, there are no coincidences, as I, as I say, and just the fact that Jan uh, uh, is, is part of that is, is, is just tremendous. Um, so let me introduce to you um, somebody who I met, again, through my, uh, my good friend, Mark Brewer at 2020 Engineering. Um, Jan is the founder and, 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 uh, originator of Impact Bioenergy here in Auburn, Washington. Um, and he is also part of the Project uh, 2020 Urban Villages. And you'll understand that a little bit more after we go through what he's doing. Um, and uh, I'm actually up in Washington this week visiting with Mark Brewer and some others. Um, Sanitrax is involved with that. Uh, but, but, but Jan has some really, really interesting stuff. Um, and what we're going to do now is we're going to just play a couple short videos. Um, Skylar, my producer, has the first one queued up. So, Skylar, if you want to go ahead and play that, um, 
and just let us know when it's done. Microsoft continues to look for zero waste solutions. As part of our commitment to sustainability, we've installed a cool machine on campus. Here's Jan Allen from Impact Bioenergy to tell us more about it. We're in the business of making digesters. This whole process started about two years ago. Microsoft invited us to come out here and reinvent the way they're managing their food waste. And this machine, it can take all kinds of food waste. Anything they give us that particular day, we actually puree it, make it into a smoothie, and then feed it into the machine. The bacteria in the machine convert that into renewable natural gas and fertilizer. So this is identical to a big one that you see on a farm or a wastewater plant. We're the only company in America that really has miniaturized it and made it into a little module like this. So it's exactly the same technology. Uh, regarding the output, there are two things that come out of it. We get natural gas, which we are using to make hot water for the kitchen. And then we have fertilizer, which is a liquid, and then we actually dry it off campus and make a dry fertilizer. It's about zero trucking, that's the goal. And you're making a valuable material out of all the waste material. There's no sewer connection, there's no landfill, there's no offsite processing. This whole thing is really about leadership and innovation. So with a little bit of that and a little creativity, we can do amazing things. Such a great video. You know, that production was amazing. What you can put in like a minute and a half is amazing. So Jan, tell, tell us a little bit about what you were doing over there with Microsoft. So uh, that, that machine, uh, you know, you heard it described there in the video. Um, the campus is, is bigger than most college campuses. It's huge. And they have a catering kitchen. It has 40 little catering trucks that leave the catering kitchen at 11 in the morning, take hot food to all the conference rooms, and come back at 2 o'clock with all the uh, leftovers. So uh, Microsoft is pretty ambitious about their carbon footprint and climate change. So they said, we'd like to put one of these on our campus. So um, they were great to work with. They're innovative people. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't say, well, how much money can we save? They said, well, how does it pay for itself? And uh, what, are the what are the other benefits? The, the non-bean counting benefits, which was really great. You know, yeah. the social environmental benefits. So um, I got I to gotta just salute them for doing this. And now we're working on a second one. They've introduced us to some other corporate clients. So it just, the idea of a campus or an island, you can see how effective a little on-site system can be. Yeah. And, and we'll get into that a little bit more. And I really see this trend happening in more places where the economics of being green are certainly important. It needs to bear itself out as far as what the investment is and what the returns are. But I also think that there are some tremendous other communal benefits. And I think this next video we're going to watch will set up this as well, um, where, where it goes beyond the economics and it goes into how you're impacting the community um, in a way that is bringing ubiquity across um, some of these topics, like food deserts in the inner city, for instance. Yeah. Um, so set up this next video uh, a little bit and, and tell us what we're going to see in this one. So this takes us from an industrial technology kind of um, description into how does it fit into the social fabric? And this is um, this is taken at a food bank in Irvine, California. Uh, it's at it's a Feeding America. Feeding America has two hundred large food banks across the country, and the idea is to take the food that's not edible 
do something with it productive on the property because a food bank has to spend their their hard you know their cash which they don't have a lot of they have to spend that on disposal for all the moldy bread and other stuff yep. so they wanted they wanted to get away from that paradigm and and grow food on campus uh, so you're going to see the farm in its phase one and phase two is going to be put the digester with it solar panels non-toxic batteries an indoor greenhouse so this is a this is the farming in the parking lot right now right and so what i'm going to do is i'm going to share my screen uh with my uh and i'm going to play this video it's off of uh instagram so just bear with me here um we're gonna go to here we go So that's just, you know, let's let's talk about this because that is just amazing. I mean, that, the visuals of that farm and putting, I mean, those, those look like some really, really nice baskets of some really, really good looking food. Yeah, that's all edible flowers. And the, yeah, it's super fresh, super high. Uh, nutrient density is real high. And what's amazing is those are being sold to donors. Uh, that's a couple pound box of, of curated high quality food that's grown in the parking lot there in a food desert on the on the asphalt and that couple pound box gets leveraged into 85 pounds of food for the food bank each each box represents 85 pounds of food for the for the the food bank so it's, it's an amazing story and it's all zero waste now we're going to plug in the digester and we we've, we've proven that adding our digester the the plant food that comes out of the digester actually makes the food grow even better and taste better really what what do you think is going on there for a novice like me like what what, what do you think is happening there well it's a secret sauce we put the secret sauce into the into the growth but it's um we have a full spectrum of of um nutrients because we take all kinds of food we ferment it uh and then it's um it just there's no chemicals and it's got beneficial microbes, organic matter, water, and nutrients. So you're getting four benefits out of the digester. Wow. That, that is just amazing. Um, when, when I first was introduced to you, it was with Mark Brewer and we were talking about our live nation pilot program where we're, we're potentially going to be introducing impact bioenergy solution as a, as a, an add on Sanitrax product. Um, our Sanitrax product, for those of you who might not know, has very, very low water usage for human waste. 
um, uh, which can be anaerobically digested or composted uh, to go zero net water, zero net waste. Um, and then Live Nation is another organization that is seeking to find ways to reduce their carbon footprint, go zero net waste, zero net water, zero net energy, zero net carbon. And the impact bioenergy combination of a greenhouse along with an anaerobic digester does that. So, so for a layman person, like just somebody that has never heard of this before, just walk through those different components one more time so people can understand how small you can do this. Because obviously that one there that we saw in the video and Instagram was a, was a small facility like in a parking lot. And then how big can you make the facility if someone wanted to you know, build a much bigger one? Well, we're, we're oriented towards small. There's lots of people in America that want to go bigger. Bigger is better. And, you know, Americans like to supersize everything. Well, my whole career has been in supersized facilities, organic waste facilities, composting, digesters. So this company departed from that, and we went to community scale, distributed scale, people call it, where you're building at, at the scale that for a campus or a community or an island or a resort, and nobody, nobody had ever served that market segment, you know, because, hmm. uh, you know, the way industry works, everybody wants a big transaction and they want to, you know, um, it's just the way America works. And so well, we're trying we to could take this to hotels in the Caribbean islands. We could take this to small villages in Ghana. We could take this to, you know, we could, we, we could scale up just about any size based upon the community. We've gone down. Our smallest unit is called the horse. It fits in one parking spot. Everything, everything to make it function is in one parking spot. So uh, this is that's the smallest. With the biggest portable one is about eighty feet by eighty feet. It takes five or seven truckloads to bring it in, but it's still no foundation, no geotechnical, no civil engineering for the site. We just mm -hmm. drop it in place, and uh, so big for us is four tons a day and an 80 foot square but that's still crazy small for the industry because they, they, they want to build things that are 30 million 50 million 100 million yeah, dollars. i understand i understand and, and i really think there's another trend here happening the decentralized the local community so were you saying to me a, a stadium like metlife stadium in new york you know that's where the giants and the jets play they could set this up in a very very small footprint they could grow vegetables based upon the menu of whatever it is they're making indoors. Then they could take all the food waste that people, you know, the part of the pretzel and the, the thing that wasn't eaten, and they could divert it out of the landfill into the digester, which then creates the nutrients that then feeds the greenhouse that then feeds the people. Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, it's a... It's a true circular economy, no trucking, no trucking of waste, no trucking of food. We actually, this was a bit of a surprise to me. We won an award in Barcelona. Uh, an associate of ours thought this was so cool. He submitted a, a concept to the, the, the football club in Barcelona for their stadium. And we won, we won an award. And he, he sent it to me. I didn't even know we were competing. He had a picture of what this award we got. So, uh, it's a great concept. Barcelona thought it was a great concept. So, you know, this this must be the Dutch connection. I mean, you know, uh, uh, there, there's something about you Dutch people that that just you're so innovative and uh, 
you know, Santa Tracks, which is I, I, this this show is not about Santa Tracks, but everyone knows I work for Santa Tracks on my uh, on my on my daily activities, and I can't help but think about it. You know, and I've I've been passionate about sanitation for thirty years. Right. And I, I say this to Mark all the time. I, I'm, I'm so excited to be in Washington State and going up to Bellingham. Um, and of course, I was really glad that you set aside some time today for me. And, and we're going to have dinner. I think later uh, you're going to take me to one of your favorite spots here in Auburn. Um, actually, Jan is just a couple miles down the street. And uh, when the when the podcast is over, I'm headed over there uh, with Norma Munster, who's come up from California to visit Bellingham as well. Uh, Nora May is into, she's a culinary expert. She's into spirulina and, and some of this other stuff, um, which I don't, I don't know a lot about it, but I'm learning. Um, uh, but how customizable is your farm to what, what wants to be grown by the menu? I mean, can, can it literally become whatever the guy wants in vegetables and lettuce and, you know, you showed a whole bunch of different Oh yeah, he well everything is edible, of course. Fruits and vegetables. Um, he um, the concept at the food bank actually includes a bakery mm. and a teaching kitchen and a cafe. So they're going to teach culinary arts to to people that to produce a skill, you know, basically a trade school. So uh, he wants to do a mushroom uh, mushroom cultivation in a in a small chamber off the kitchen. So. Uh, the, our partner is, is a, he's, his ideas are, you know, he's a farmer, basically he's a farmer, but. And this really, is, in, wait a minute, this is in Irvine, California? Yeah, everything's going to be in the parking lot in Irvine. But the, the interest in this goes way beyond that. We're, there are people watching this all over the country. Yes, yes. And, um, you know, part of, my, part of my role with uh, 2020 Urban Village is is sort of being a bit of a mouthpiece and a business development guy um you know sanitrax is at the core of all that we're going to put all the sanitation on vacuum sanitation versus full flushing sanitation for those of you who don't know that means we save 90 percent of the water typically used to flush your toilets so the entire sanitation system in america is based on gravity so everything flows downhill and when you don't have gravity you use lift stations but you're using a gallon and a half every time you flush your toilet at home Whereas what we do is we use 60 liters of air to move one liter of water. So we're actually using air. And what that means is we've gotten rid of 90% of the water needed. And the other irony about this thing is, is we clean up all this potable water. We pipe it into our homes and then we use it to flush it all down the toilet and just wait, you know, it just becomes wastewater, which is like crazy to me. Um, so, yeah. These digesters, we can do what, what you're describing is black, what they call black water. Mm -hmm. We can do gray water. We can do food waste. We can do beverage residuals like distilleries, cideries, wineries. We can do all that. Really? Yeah. I plan on spending a day out at Whidbey Island. Uh, there's some great wineries. I'm going to get a couple of bottles of port to take home. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to go over to Port Townsend. Um, a friend of mine has a brother over there. Uh, Brent J. Davis is a builder in Port Townsend. His wife, Wendy, is a police officer. And he actually just built Lila's Kitchen right next to his construction business. And what he did is a full commercial kitchen where he is allowing the food truck people in town to come and work in the commercial kitchen a couple days a week. And then there's like a, there's a picnic area outside where people know that, you know, so-and-so's barbecue is going to be there on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And they all come flocking to, you know, to, and, and it gives the food truck guy a full blown commercial kitchen. 
Um, and I'm definitely going to introduce this concept um, because it's Washington based and, you know, who, who knows? I mean, I, I think what you do is, and, and I, I can't wait to learn more is, is you're causing the imagination and you're causing the curiosity just to sort of be stimulated a little bit. You know, it's like, man, what? Dave, I'll buy you another dinner if you do that for me. Go oh, really? Oh, look at that. Okay. I'll be, uh, you know, I, I guess maybe I'll stay another week. Who knows? No. <laughs> um, and by the way, folks, I'm just going to tell you, uh, this guy, Doug Hummingbird Lean, let me tell you something. I mean this so seriously. You have to go with your hunches. You have to reach out. You have to ask for help. You just need to be straightforward, open, and vulnerable. And sometimes when your alignment and your vibration is working, you're just gifted an individual that, that um, I will know Doug Lean, I think, the rest of my life. I, I think Doug Lean and I will know each other for as long as, and I'm going to have him on the podcast, of course. I mean, you know, and then he tells me, so, so we're actually posting live on their Facebook page today. We sent the cross link over to yours and over to his. Uh, we did that in the last 10 minutes, right when I got here. Um, and uh, he is going to share this with another incubator in, in, in Ireland, uh, which who could make it up? Who could make it up? I mean, you know, and then to find out that you're on his website, there's a picture of Jan on his website. Um, it's just good harmony. And, and what I'm saying to all of you listening and watching is that harmony exists for you. It's there, right? You just have to sort of go with your gut. Um, you need to do all the things over my shoulder. I'm purposely not centered on my screen. Usually I'm centered. I'm, I'm purposely so you can all see this tree. And I'm sitting in a conference room here in Auburn where innovation's on the wall. Think bigger's on the wall. The dream center. It's just, and the thing that really gets me excited, because I, I worked in New York and New Jersey and Pennsylvania for 30 years. Municipalities were not this proactive over there. You know what I mean? On the East Coast. Um, and this is done by a municipality. This is done by city government, which is just a testament to uh, Washington State. Um, of course, marijuana is legal out here, so maybe that had something to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> so so what is what have been some of your pain points john what have you struggled with as you've as you've grown and you know you've won some awards you have some projects what what's holding you back or what are you missing let's talk a little bit more about you know what you struggle with at impact oh yeah that's a good question the um we have so much potential and we're having so many we we're Developing such powerful relationships with you, with the Allegria Pharmacy, the, the folks at the food bank. Uh, with, we actually have a really powerful connection in Ireland, in Belfast, of all places. Um, and so these are all uh, relationships where we could sell or deliver hundreds of digesters over a period of years. So uh, I think the biggest issue for us is how to scale up intelligently. We're, uh, we're, we're a bootstrapped business. You know, we don't, we don't have a lot of cash. We don't have any big fund that we can just dip into. So we have to be careful about that. And uh, we're, you know, we, um, the machinery is awesome. It's, we're winning awards. We're, we're delivering them to really interesting places. No odors, by the way. Hmm. We, uh, we're, we're delivering our 18th machine into urban settings and to, to manage 
uh, food waste on the property and decompose it and convert it into something else without odors. Wow. That, that's something we like. Uh, that is amazing. So I think the, the biggest hurdle is telling people we exist, getting out there, putting machines, putting these, this technology in places where people can see it and be inspired. So we're on three college campuses right now. Well, those, those campus facility managers, they go to conferences and there are 4,000 college campuses and every college campus wants to be green. So as soon as those three start going to conferences and presenting how cool they are and what they did, then I think we're going to have a step function and it's going to go up pretty quickly. Yeah. So, so if, if I were a new college campus, you know, in Houston somewhere, what, what would be the time horizon for being introduced to you, looking at everything all the way through, if everything went, you know, pretty much according to plan, you know, not with a lot of obstacles, how long would it take to go from that introduction to being functional? Well, if it was on my timeline, it would be three months. Okay. You could get a decision, build it, and deliver it in three months, 100 days, something like that. Um, the college, it depends who you're working with. If it's the students, it's pretty fast. If it's the faculty or the facilities people, it's going to be a little slower. Mm -hmm. So I, the one that we're doing one for UC San Diego, which is going into a brand new campus at Torrey Pines, that one took three years because hmm. they, uh, it just takes time to get all the ducks in a row. And um, yep. so yep. it's anywhere between three months and three years. That's the answer. So, yeah. I mean, you, you sort of answered the question I was asking is, is what is your, if no obstacles, you, you can have something up and running in a hundred days. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Easy, easy hundred days, which is pretty, pretty fast. That is, uh, that is. Yeah. yeah I mean, uh, play play technology. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, supply and demand is always a challenge, right? How many of them do you put on the shelf to shorten that to 60 days or whatever? But, you know, 90 days is a, is a reasonable amount of time to wait. Um, uh, so that's good. We started, um, we started, we were inspired by Henry Ford with the Model T. So we're building the Model T of energy plants. And that, that was our inspiration. And, you know, Henry Ford, he said you could have it in any color as long as it's black. Did you know that? So, I had not you know, heard that, but that's a good one. I like that's that. A, that's a real quote from him. You can have any color you want as long as it's black. But well, we build them in white, uh, eggplant purple, and bronze, kind of a dark bronze color. So we, we're offering three colors. Okay, okay. And um, what, what does a package like that, like, like the one we saw in the video, like what, what's the ballpark investment that someone's thinking about? Like how much? How much? The smallest one is um, about one hundred and thirty thousand dollars. The largest, the the largest one I mentioned earlier, is about one point five million dollars. But we're we're actually have a miniature refinery with that, and we're making vehicle fuel right on the property. Wow! Um, so it's the bandwidth is about let's just say one hundred fifty thousand to one point five million. And then that's all based upon what you're going to do and the size and the scope and the scale and everything else. And then what is a typical ROI expectation? Like if someone puts down 150 grand, um, do you have projections? And I know there's a bunch of variables that you need to know about the specific location and, and a bunch of other things. But what, what in general are you telling people they should expect to get a return on their investment? Well, we, we, our intention is that ROI would be less than five years. You could pay, you can get a payback. Uh, it'll pay for itself in five years. Wow. Or less. So the way the arithmetic is your 
you have to put a value on the disposal of the waste and avoiding that disposal, a value on the, uh, the grid and the fossil fuel energy you're consuming that you can stop consuming, and then the fertilizer, uh, that, which remarkably is one of the more valuable outputs off these digesters. So if you put those three together, and then if you're lucky enough to have a grant or something, that's kind of frosting on the cake. So yeah. uh, it's those three revenue, those three value streams together create the ROI. And then in the marketplace, have, have you run into people who that didn't like what you were doing because it took business away from them? You know what I mean? Like, who, like who lost in this equation where, where they then caused resistance? You know, we, last week was sulfcrete, green sulfur co concrete. And, you know, the concrete industry is a, is a community-based industry because you don't truck it 200 miles. You truck it less than 100, 150. Um, and it will impact some of the concrete guys that won't like it. Um, and they will push back. Um, hopefully, some of them adopt. And so they become the supplier of a new type of concrete. Um, oh. But then eventually, Portland Cement will hate it because, you know. Uh, but, it, but if you do a ton of carbon to make a ton of Portland we need to we need to look at that, and if and if concrete is the second most used item in the world, then we also need to look at that. But anyway, who who doesn't like it when you come into town and and you set it up? Is it the vegetable supplier? Who who is it? We're uh, well, we are a disruptor, so we're we're bumping into somebody every time we turn around, and um, it's uh, we're competing against the landfill. We're competing against whoever is being paid to move that waste. So somebody owns your waste materials at your curb yeah. and they're making money off of that. So uh, we're competing against those folks that are doing it. They're making the waste disappear right now. Um, although we're, you know, we're still pretty small. I don't think we're much of a threat, but you know, some depends. People's perception is funny that way. And then we're competing against fossil fuel that doesn't fossil fuel doesn't have much of a voice every day for us, but uh, yeah. um, that's well, what's the issue. Is, I, I just learned in California there's a new law where seventy five percent of the organics have to be diverted out of the landfills by two thousand twenty five. Right. Um, I think there's a trend coming where, like New York City, um, it, it diverts all of its food waste to composting down in Delaware. Um, so, so speaking of those regulations. A guy told me not long ago, he said, you guys are on the side of God because you've got the regulations. So we're, uh, and, and that, that is true. We, their regulations are saying this stuff should not be landfilled. So let's right. put it to a higher and better use. So um, the timing of us doing this now is better than it was five years ago. Got it. Got it. And t tell us a little bit about your personal story. How did you get involved in all this? Like, You've had a long career doing something. Um, how did you sort of end up at this stage of your life? And how long have you been working on Impact Bioenergy? I know uh, Doug here said that you were actually in the incubator back when you got started a few years back. So maybe just give us a little background on, on, on uh, Jan Allen. Well, so I grew up in Detroit. I'm, in a, I'm in a, a child of, of heavy industry. My first job was in a blast furnace, making, making, um, making iron ore and making it into steel for cars. The, I went to Purdue and my professor, I was just a green, young student, and my professor said, I want you to do a project on digesters. So, of course, I said, well, okay. And um, 
we built three digesters in the building and I had to feed it, feed them pig waste, which was pretty rough on the rest of the building, but it was my assignment. And that set the seed. That was a long time ago at Purdue. I ventured out to the West Coast after college and got really involved in composting. The world wasn't ready for digesters at that point. They were they existed at wastewater plants, and that was about it. But composting was kind of a big deal on the West Coast in the late '80s and '90s. So um, I got uh, started working for the garbage company. The garbage company built a um, a large compost facility. And then I eventually graduated to a, a, a global consulting firm and became a compost facility designer, building mega facilities all over the place, all over the world. And that made me into an odor expert because odor comes with all this stuff. Um, Listen, I was at the composting facility in Delaware and they put, uh, uh, not Tyvek, but whatever you make the winter coats out of, they would lay it over top that would prevent what is it? Gore-Tex. Yes. Yeah. Those, those tarps cost about $120,000 each. So they, uh, um, I, in the process of all this, I got my nose certified because I'm an odor expert. I didn't expect that. You don't, you know, you don't know where life takes you. So um, eventually, um, a venture firm out of Palo Alto decided we want to be in the waste. We want to be in the clean kind of clean tech space and, get into food waste. So uh, I was recruited to be on this startup that was extremely well-funded, but not well-managed. We built three beautiful digesters, one at Disney World, one in, a couple in Canada. And they uh, every day we were running these big facilities, we would get a call from some little community or organization that said, will you build a small version of this? And of course, the company said, no, we only build big. We build big. That's it. So when it was time for me to, to um, pivot personally, came back to Seattle and said, somebody has to do the little ones. So that's, that was the beginning of impact. Nice. And how many years ago was that? That was in 2013. So, okay. so yeah. seven years ago. Yeah. No, no. Um, and how, how many are on your team? Uh, seven people on the team. Nice. And most of them are engineers that build stuff they're not engineers that run a keyboard they actually work power tools right, so, right. Um, i remember our first zoom you had a couple of the guys there and they were actually working on something and uh it, it looked uh and i'm excited to come over and, and take a look at that manufacturing plant here later today um and i know norm may munster's coming up uh, she, i asked i she got in this morning uh, she this is another person on our group uh, but the 2020 Urban Village, um, and she, she'd never been to Washington. So I sent her out to Gig Harbor. I said, go have lunch in Gig Harbor, um, one of my favorite spots on the coast. My daughter went to the University of uh, Puget Sound in Tacoma, um, and she graduated a number of years ago. So we got to spend some time up here. And then I lived in Linden, Washington, which is north of Bellingham. Um, so it's, it's kind of, uh, I love coming out here. The trees are big, and the coffee is great, and uh, the seafood well, is good. Yeah, Linden is more Dutch than the Netherlands right now. It's it is. It a is. really nice place. Yeah, a lot of Dutch farmers up there. Town of about 4,500. It's in the Guinness Book of World Records. At least it was when I moved there in the, in the mid-80s for having the most Dutch Reformed churches. It had 19 churches in a town of 4,500 people. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. 
and it was dry. You you couldn't drink. But boy, you got outside the city limits on a Sunday. They were all drinking outside the city limits. It was uh, it was kind of funny how you need to be prim and proper in, inside of town. And then uh, you could step outside and, and do whatever. Um, but yeah, um, some good memories. Um, so what do you see for the future for impact? I, I know you talked a little bit about um, you're on number 18. Um, uh, how do you see the next, you know, one to three years going with impact? Well, like, well, what, what, and I, I know it's hard to project and it's hard to imagine, but if you could wave your magic wand and have whatever you wanted, what would that look like? Or what, what do you think is going to happen? Well, right now we're, we're actually in a, a capital raising campaign. We've, we're about a third of the way to our goal. It's going to close in mid December. And, uh, how much, how, much, how much are you raising? How much are you raising? And, and how do they get, you know, obviously we put your, your email and your cell phone up. If anyone's listening, um, like, like how much more do you need? It's a, well, it's a $7 million raise. We're about a third of the way there. Very good. It's on a platform called fundable. And if you go to fundable and search impact bioenergy, you'll see the portal. Um, it is for accredited investors. It's it's, it is crowdfunding, but, only for accredited investors, which means there is a, um, you have to basically certify that you have a certain net worth to invest. Um, sure. it's, an SEC, it's a rule with the SEC. Mm-hmm. So um, that's going to, that capital campaign will enable us to scale up and do all the things that we're talking about. And build okay. a big team, find a younger version of myself so I can start cloning people. And, and uh, so, yeah. It's uh, it's exciting. Yeah, yeah. And um, how, how much marketing do you do? I mean, uh, do you do a lot of marketing? That is, this is uh, miraculous to me. We've never advertised, we've never gone to a trade show, but we've been on social media. We did a, we did a crowdfunding early on for, we were just selling swag, you know, like t-shirts and, and uh, things we would, we would people would get something tangible, but it wasn't for equity in the company, and that was so powerful. It's still ricocheting, just ricocheting around the world, and we're getting. So all we have to do is turn uh, open the email inbox or listen to the phone messages, and we're getting inquiries every day. And not only do we get inquiries to buy machines or be distributors, but we get people that say, "I want to work for you. I want to work for this company." So. Um, Listen, I, I hope you didn't get rid of all the swag when I get over there. I, I hope you got maybe a hat or I don't know what you got over there. But I, I, I usually, in most all my episodes, I have the swag that I've gotten strategically placed over my shoulders. Um, uh-huh. I would be happy to wear an Impact Bioenergy hat or mug or whatever you got. I, there's a guy in Christchurch, New Zealand called Get Flushed. It's a great podcast. It's the first one in portable restrooms. Uh, Chris Peters. And... Um, he, he, last night we, we talk on FaceTime. Uh, usually it's late at my night and it's in the middle of his afternoon, but he's got a nice get flushed uh, polo shirt. And I promise that if he sends me one, I'll be sure to wear it. Um, but uh, yeah. th- 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 this has been great. And um, I really appreciate your time. I hopefully my viewers um, have been inspired. I mean, this is a, what I would say is a good egg doing good things. Um, and uh you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, you never know who you're going to meet or who you're going to run across or why. And there's never a straight line to anything. 
Um, but I'm really glad to have met you, Jan, and um, I'm really glad for what you're doing for the world, for communities, for, for, for people, um, better healthy living. Um, and uh, maybe you just want to close us out with anything you want my viewers to, to know as, as we wrap up. Well, you, I'm, I'm expecting you and I are going to spend more time together. So we're going to do this together. That's Good. the first thing. And uh, this, um, the fact that we can, we can make a circular economy locally, build jobs, do, uh, get the chemicals out of our food supply by having organic fertilizer, eliminate trucking and traffic congestion, uh, fix the soil, the air, and the water all simultaneously, and teach people new new trades. I mean, well, shit. That's what else could you ask for? It it, it sounds fantastic, and I actually think um, it accomplishes all that. But then that's also going to inspire people to do that even more in other things. You know, like, right. like whatever it may be. It, it, it's an inspiring venture as much as it's a green venture, as much as it's an economic venture. Um, it, it really, to me. Um, uh, is like is like life breathing. It's almost living. You know what I mean? Like it's almost it almost gives off its own essence um, and inspires others. And um, it's a privilege to uh, have you on the show. Thank you. Um, uh, this is my first remote. I think it went pretty well. Thanks to Hummingbird. Uh, he, he he hooked the brother up over here. I even brought my cat five cable, so we're we're right on the internet, so hard and solid. Um, and and. and uh, Thank you for doing this. And uh, hopefully all my viewers, uh, you found something new today. Last week it was sulfur concrete. This week you can find out how to grow vegetables in a parking lot um, and, and have it be a circular economy that has no waste. And um, uh, you can eat better vegetables and food um, and you can come up with better nutrients. Um, and if you want to reach out to Jan, uh, all of his information will be here. Um, Jan, thank you very much. And uh, I'll, see, I'll see you in about an hour. Okay, thanks for having us. You're welcome. Take care right. now. See you Bye -bye. next week. Bye-bye.